The Radio Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. The Radio Memories Network welcomes you to the world of modern radio theater, an old medium revived for a new era through the Radio Memories Network. It's now time for Radio Drama, where we perform on the stage of your mind. The curtains are your eyelashes, your hat our fly space. Different parts of your brain are the costume, set designer, and makeup artist. And your eyes are in your ear. Audio plays have been broadcast since radio began. Minus, 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 one. Join us as we continue the tradition on the Texas Radio Theater. Proton Space Ranger! Whisper. It means murder, Watson. Onward to adventure! Because it's not only the theater, but it's the theater of the mind. The mind. And that's what I'm writing Jump for. Jump Rob. Renegade! Ready for impact in three, two, one. <sighs> Tying on the rope now. It's the realm of your imagination where anything can happen and usually does. Hi, I'm Rich Froelich, and I'd like to welcome you to this broadcast of the Texas Radio Theater. Next up, part one of Too Close to the Flame, a radio mystery set in modern-day Dallas. Right after this. It is an original fragrance that scintillates the senses. A musk so powerful, only a real man can wear it. It's gasoline! A new high-octane fragrance from Texaco. Hi, I'm Rob Gas Scent Soap with the latest Texaco product, gasoline. Not only is it a combustible fuel product, but now it's a new smell that really gets the ladies' attention. Hey, baby. Are you alone? Actually, I'm uh, waiting for a friend. I see. But... Say, what is that aftershave you're wearing? Oh, <laughs> it's gasoline. The new high-octane fragrance from Texaco. Why, it certainly is manly. Yes, thank you. Mmm, yes. Mind if I smoke? Uh, wait, I, I wouldn't like that match if I were... Were Yes, that's gasoline, the new tough and manly fragrance from Texaco. Available in regular, unleaded, and fire chief for that clean, burning feeling. I.O. Silver. Tonight's production of the Texas Radio Theater Company is made possible in part by the Arlington Museum of Art, challenging visitors to think creatively, and by you. And now, Act One of Too Close to the Flame.
I was there when John Brand killed himself. Right in the middle of it, close enough to singe my eyebrows. They tell me the explosion broke windows three blocks away. All they found of Brand was a couple of teeth, so I reckon I got off easy. It was November in Dallas, and the weather had been schizophrenic for weeks, bouncing from lukewarm drizzle to cloudless sun and back again. John Brand was two weeks in the ground, and everybody thought I was some kind of hero, which was a load of crap, but I didn't mind the press. It kept me busy, kept me occupied. A quiet mind will wander, and there were too many ghosts walking the back trails of my memory waiting for me. You know that old Chinese curse, the one about may you live in interesting times? <laughs> if that guy only knew. Good evening, I'm Grace Brackney, and this is Metroplex Tonight. We're talking to former Dallas police officer Aaron Danes. He's now a private investigator and the man many have dubbed the hero of the Firefly investigation. Now, you were telling us how you became involved. Uh, yeah, I was hired to find somebody. That would be Matthew Dozier, one of the homeless men killed during the fires. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, well, anyway, I knew he was in town, but, but I wasn't able to track him down in time. He was in one of the warehouses, one of the last buildings that burned down. So the way I saw it, I kind of owed it to the family to find the guy responsible. Despite the fact that the task force headed by Detective Blaylock had been unable to find him? More like because of that. Yes. Well, you've been quoted as saying that you don't like Detective Blaylock's methods. Well, I really don't have anything to say about him. Oh, do I detect some friction between you two? No, you detect me not having anything to say about him. All right. We'll move on. I'm going to read to you how some have described John Brand... I'd like to have your opinion. There are some who feel that he took his own life to make a statement or to prove a point. Hey there, Tiller. You miss me? <laughs> oh, I could have sworn I turned the TV off before I left. Jeez, how many times are they going to run this stupid interview? You hungry, Attila? Tonight we've got moist fish-smelling goo straight from the can, <laughs> which is better than I've been eating this week. Bon appetit. Let's see. Uh, messages. Hi, this is Shelly, and you've heard my apartment. Oh, there is also some jerk named Aaron who hangs around here, too. But he's kind of cute, so I'll let him stay. I heard that. Anyway, if you have a message for us, leave it at the beep. You have three new messages. Message one. Hey, Aaron, it's Chris. Listen, I'm in town through Sunday, so I thought maybe we could grab some lunch before you leave. I don't know. If there's anything you want to talk about. And listen, you can tell me to shove it if it's none of my business, but how long are you going to leave that message on your machine? It's been almost a year now. I think, I think she'd want you to move on with your life. Anyway, give me a call. You've got my cell number. Message deleted. Message two. Hey, it's Joan. If you're there, pick up. All right, but you better not be screening. Hey, listen, I need you to come by the station and sign off on some of these incidents reports. I'll make it up to you. Dinner's on me when you get back from vacation. We'd love to see you again. Anyway, tomorrow, please. You're holding things up. Message deleted. Message free. 
Um, yes, Mr. Danes. My name is Dr. Lenora Sims. I heard your name on television, and I, I need to talk to you. If you could call me at 214-555-2836, I have some information about the fires, about the Firefly case. Please call me. It's urgent. And of new messages. Ah, the case is closed, lady. Don't you read the papers? Still, I ought to check it out. Humor the lady. She's a doctor, after all. I didn't sleep well that night. My mind wouldn't let go of that last message. The one from Dr. Sims. Call it premonition, call it gut instinct. Hell, call it BS if you want, but I, but I had a bad feeling. And I've learned that my instincts are right more often than they're wrong. The next morning, I found the good doctor's address and headed across town to her home. The line of black and whites out front didn't do much to ease my worries, much less when I saw Detective Irwin Blaylock, one of my least favorite human beings. Hmm. Coroner's already here, so we shouldn't be here very long now. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, you don't. Get the hell away from my crime scene, Relax, Irwin. I'm here on business. I don't care what you're here on. You're not going to step one foot inside this house. You can't still be mad. Firefly was my case. Yeah, and if you'd solved it sooner, I wouldn't you have had You got lucky. No argument there. Like the man said, it's all a lot of simple tricks and nonsense. Yeah, well, your nonsense got my suspect killed before we could arrest him. The guy blew himself up. It's not like he... Hey, what, ha- what happened to your neck? Oh, cut myself shaving this morning. Well, that's quite a nick. You should switch brands. <laughs> Is there any reason why you're here now, bothering me? Dr. Sims. I was supposed to meet her today. That's so? Why? I guess she wanted to hire me. Hire you for what? Oh, no. Why don't we step inside and ask her? Uh, she's not talking much. Somebody beat her head in with a tire iron. A tire iron? Or something. May I? I told you you're not going to be all here. All right. Th- all right. Look. It's early. You're cranky, and I'll be honest. Sim said she wanted to talk to me about the Firefly case. Hmm, what else? That's it. But she obviously called me for a reason. Maybe I'll notice something you guys missed. Fine, but uh, don't try and play me. You find anything, you share. Agreed. Oh, come on. Dr. Death's working on her. Just about done here, Detective Blaylock. I... Aaron Danes, I'll be. How are you? Saw you on the news last night. <laughs> that was some tie. Say, I thought you were supposed to be in Cancun. Mm, any day now. Uh, what's the story? Uh, single African-American female, mid-30s. Cancun's beautiful this time of year. I took my wife there. Uh, preliminary cause of death is blunt trauma to the cranium. Took my wife there for our 30th wedding anniversary. Uh, there's a lovely little cafe... Oh, if you'll look right here, you can see at least two impact points. One to the base of the skull, the other further forward. So somebody beat her head in with a tire iron? No. We haven't established the murder weapon yet, unless you know something I don't. Probably much less. Blaylock, what do you know about Dr. Sims here? Well, she was a shrink of some sort. Worked at the, oh, the, the Overland State Hospital. Guess somebody wanted to get inside her head. <laughs> all right, Danes. You got to look around now. Scoot. We still got work to do here. All right, all right. I'll... Uh, ow! What was that? Uh, something under the couch. I, I kicked it. Uh, let me see here. Uh, ow! Jeez. Uh, one of you fellas spare some latex. Here's a glove, Danes. What is it? Uh, it feels like... Uh, sure enough, it's a good-sized steak knife. Nearly... Myself. Give it here, Danes. Uh, just hang on a second. Uh, check that out. 
That looks like blood on the blade. Oh, that could be anything. Besides, you just said you cut yourself. Uh, no, I said I nearly cut myself. Here, I say that deserves to be bagged and tagged. Surprised you hadn't turned it up already, Irwin. Yeah, we hadn't <laughs> been here that long. Right. Interesting. Well, I'm done here, Detective Blaylock. I'll know more once I get the body downtown. Yeah, thanks, Doc. Well, I should be going to. Hey, I'm not done with you, Danes. Come on, Blaylock. I told you everything I know. I've never even seen or met the lady. She said she saw me on TV. Just don't get any funny ideas. Now, this is my case. Blaylock, I'm going to be sunning myself in Cancun next week. The last thing I want right now is more work. Unless you've got any more evidence hiding under the furniture you'd like me to trip over. Eat it, Danes. <laughs> you just remember, if you happen to stumble across anything on your way to the beach, you let me know. Overland State was a big gothic heap about 20 minutes east of downtown Dallas. There weren't any gargoyles perched on the roof, but it wouldn't have surprised me to find out that they just stepped out for a smoke break. Ah, the place used to be a boys' school back in the 20s. Closed in the 50s, got remodeled in the 60s, and voila, instant nuthouse. I flashed my credentials and told a nurse I was supposed to be meeting Dr. Sims for a consultation. It took some finagling, but I, I talked her into letting me wait in the doctor's office. felt a headache coming the second I flipped the lights on. Whatever Dr. Sims' other virtues, cleanliness wasn't one of them. The place was drowning in books, papers, pens, and half-eaten sandwiches. I'm no neat freak, don't get me wrong, but I could have spent a week searching that room, and I wasn't even sure what I was looking for. I knew it wouldn't be long before somebody found out that Dr. Sims' days of prompt appointments were at an end, so I went to work, hoping luck was on my side. I, I gave the office the once-over... Then the rinse and repeat. I found exactly nothing. By the time I dropped into the late Dr. Sims' high-backed office chair, I was about ready to call it quits. Then, then I heard something. Something faint. Barely noticeable, but, but familiar. Then it came to me. A couple months back, I, I paid some air conditioning guy 50 bucks to fix the noise in my vents. He chased out a stray piece of cardboard and billed me for two minutes' work. I'm in the wrong business. Okay, I, I, I found the air vent over one of Dr. Sims' bookcases and unscrewed the grill with my pocket knife. God bless the Swiss Army. Wait, there's something. Looks like uh, a, a file. A fi uh, let's have a look at this. The name on the file was Cameron Ives. It was an interesting read. This kid Cameron had been a patient of Dr. Sims, 16 years old. He'd been locked away at Overland State for almost four years. Most of it was shrink-speak, but several phrases caught my eye. Words like psychotic tendencies and pyromania. Seems little Cameron had been in a fire when he was only six years old. He'd been badly burned. Physical scars healed. The mental, uh, not so much. The only contact information was a phone number and a name Elizabeth Ives. His mom, I guessed. But the real kicker was at the bottom of the file, scrawled in a margin, and, and handwriting, I guess, belonged to the Dr. Sims. Three little words. Contact brand. Father. The hammering on the door meant the jig was up. I tucked the file in the back of my waistband and uh, opened the door. Hi, I'm Aaron Danes. I'm a private... How 
How dare you? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. I'm only... I don't know who you think you are, traipsing in here, deceiving my staff. Get out. He's up, doctor. Dr. Crane, and you're in a lot of trouble. Did you really think no one would tell us that Dr. Sims had been murdered? That you could just come in here and do whatever you want? I'll have your license. Calm down, doctor. Wait, Dr. Crane? Like in the show. Are you going to leave, or shall I have you escorted out? Look, Dr. Crane, I'm sorry for misleading the other lady. The truth is, Dr. Sims called me last night and asked to meet. I I thought if I got a look at her office, I might find something. It's ghoulish. Coming here under false pretenses and digging around in her things, it's positively ghoulish. When Lenora is... When Lenora is... Hey, Doc, I'm sorry about Dr. Sims, but, but I'm just trying to do my job. Listen, this may be a long shot, but does the name Cameron Ives mean anything to you? No. No, I don't know the name. Huh. Well, like I said, it was a long shot. Probably nothing. Yes. Uh, I'd like you to please leave now, Mr. Danes. I'll speak to the police, but I will not waste any more of my time on you. Sorry to have caused any trouble, and I'm sorry about Dr. Sims. Honestly, I'll go ahead and... uh, Wait. When the cops do get here, you'll probably be speaking to a detective named Blaylock. Big guy, bad hair, worse shoes. Uh, he's pretty hard to miss. I tell him I said I didn't find anything. Uh, take care, Doc. Oh, my heart was doing laps around my chest as I walked back to my car. All I could feel was that file pressed against my back. Dr. Crane had lied to me. That much I was sure of. I would have known she was lying even if I didn't have a file to prove it. You'd think a shriek would even make a better liar. (laughs) Once I got to the car, I tried the number from the file. The one for Elizabeth Ives. It was disconnected, naturally. I decided it was time to call my old partner. Detective Romanek. Hey, Joni. Danes! doing up this early? Uh, time waits for no man. <laughs> You're usually willing to test that theory. <laughs> hey, listen, are you coming by to fill out this paperwork? I've got something gonna... bigger brewing. I, I need a favor. Come on, Aaron. You know I'm in the middle of seven uh, It shouldn't take long. I... I promise. Just just need you to check on a name for me. All right. Go ahead. Cameron Ives. I-V-E-S. All I know, uh, he was a patient at Overland State Hospital... May still be there, but I'm not exactly on the administration's good side right now, so... So you want me to call and harass a straight answer out of the staff? That'd be great. Well, I'll do what I can, but no guarantees. What's this about? Uh, not sure yet. Yeah, well, just remember, you're supposed to be on vacation next week. Everybody's so eager to get rid of me now, lately. No, that's not what I was trying to say. <laughs> I know, I know. Just thanks. Thanks, Joni. I'll, I'll check back later. Oh, I knew what she meant. She was right, of course. I, I should have let it drop. Should have got on the plane and let Blaylock and Joni handle things, assuming that was even anything to handle. But Dr. Sims had called me, not, not them, and all I knew it was that phone call that had gotten her killed. Sims had hidden that file. Maybe it was nothing. Maybe she was just a little eccentric. Maybe she ran out of filing space and had to Martha Stewart up some creative alternatives. But, but then there, there was Dr. Crane. Why would she lie about the kid in the file? All I could do was hope that Joni had better luck than I had. A couple of hours in the library turned up three different variations on the name Elizabeth Ives. The first two were a bust. With the third one, I got lucky. 
I appreciate your taking the time to talk to me, Miss Biggs. Mrs. Biggs. I'm sorry. My Richard passed away almost 15 years ago this March. God rest his soul. But I've always thought till death do you part applied to both partners. Huh. Uh, you told me on the phone that you knew about Elizabeth I. Well, I should think so. She rented the room upstairs. She and that boy of hers, strange child. I always felt sorry for the poor dear. Child? Was that, uh... Cameron, yes, that's right. Just like you said on the phone. He'd been in some sort of accident. I thought for a while it was one of those terrible birth defects, but Elizabeth finally told me he'd been burned when he was younger. And they lived here for a while? Yes, dear, just like I said. Up until mm, four years ago or so, if memory serves. She took up with some fancy gentleman and moved out to live with him, I believe. Fancy gentleman? I don't suppose you know that gentleman's name. Oh, no. I don't like to snoop into other people's business. I never saw him myself, just those fancy cars he sent around for. Hmm. Uh, do you know how I can get in touch with Miss Ives? Or... Well, I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard from her since she moved out. She left a forward an address, but it's just a post office box. Now, why did you say you needed to find her again? Uh, I'm a private detective. Uh, she's come into some inheritance, and the estate's lawyers, oh, they are... Of course, of course, say no more. Well, I hope you find her. She could use a little good luck, bless her heart. She's had a rough run, that one, what with the fire and having to support a son all by herself. Of course, I always thought that's what one gets for sleeping around before marriage. Your wily ways will find you out. That's what my mother always used to say. So, uh, she never mentioned a husband or a boyfriend, whoever Cameron's father was? Well, I'm sure she did, but never to me, dear. Right. Uh, well, thanks again, Miss Mrs. Biggs. Here's my card if you remember anything else. Left Mrs. Biggs's house with a belly full of iced tea, but not much to go on. I confirmed that Elizabeth Eyes was Cameron's mother, but I was still in the dark as to where she was, where her son was, and what the both of them had to do with a string of arsons and a dead doctor. But I did know somebody who might just be able to confirm or deny when it came to Cameron's anonymous daddy. Kevin Porter? I'm busy. It won't take long. Uh, you want to come out from under the car? You mind if I smoke? You're the one covered in oil. Uh, you mind if I step back about ten feet? John's dead. I got nothing to say to you. I need your help. <laughs> that right. Why should I help you? What do you care? You solved your crime, got your man, probably already cashed a nice hefty paycheck. Right, right. Look, I'm in no mood to dance. Bran was guilty. I called him in the act, and I've got the burns to prove it. That said, I think there may be more to it than that. If I'm right and you help me, you, you, put the, you put some shine back on your friend's good name. If I'm wrong, so what? Like you said, Bran's dead. What have you got to lose? All right, I'm listening. I don't think he was working alone. Either that or he was working for someone. Is there anything you can think of or... Yeah, yeah, actually, I got a letter from Johnny a couple days after he died. Near as I can tell, he must have had left it with somebody so they could give it to me in case... Well, he must have known he was in trouble. Guess he wanted me to know what happened. You still have this letter? 
Nah, I gave it to the cops, to that big SOB that worked the case. What's his name? Blaylock? Yeah, that's the one. He told me it didn't matter if I had a signed letter from the Pope because Brand was guilty and that was that. But he kept the letter. Interesting. Mm. So what was in the letter? Okay. You were right about one thing. John set some of the fires. Some? That's what I said, some. Look, John's had it rough since his wife left him a few years back. She wouldn't even let him see his kid. Uh, so Bran was married. Uh, there's nothing about it in the, any of the records. Here. Maybe not. He called his wife. He called her his wife, but I never heard him talk about getting a divorce, just her leaving him. I don't know. Maybe it was one of them common law things. Her name happened to be Elizabeth? Yeah. Yeah, how'd you know that? I don't know. Lucky guess. Huh? Whatever. Anyway, he moved down here thinking they could get back together. Man, I don't know. He didn't like to talk about her. So, what does the letter have to do with... Uh, I'm getting to it. You're mighty impatient for a detective. Anyway, he says in the letter, and it's crazy, I've never seen him this happy, but nervous too, right? He says he's made some sort of deal that's going to solve all his money problems and that it's going to let him get his kid back too. All this in a letter. Huh. Did he say anything... Uh, he say what this deal was? Sort of, he... He said he was going to do some work for some guys, take down some buildings. We both did demolition work in the army, so he knew that what he was doing. He didn't say why, but he said they were paying him enough. I figured it was some sort of insurance scam, but from what the news said, that wasn't it. Hell, I don't know what to think. And he didn't say anything about the guys that hired him? No, -uh. just that he didn't trust them, but he was almost done with his part of the deal, so he didn't care. Listen, you know what any of this means? Maybe, uh, maybe not. Listen, do you have any idea where I could find his ex-wife, Elizabeth? Hell if I know. She left him like ten years ago, right after we shipped back home. He didn't like to talk about her much afterwards, you know? Except for Cameron, I mean. He loved that kid. So Cameron is Bran's kid. Right. Yeah. Hey, what's wrong with you? You okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Just a little seasick, the way things keep moving around. Huh? Never mind. Uh, thanks. You've been real helpful. Mine was racing. I'd managed to flesh out the Brand family tree, but I still wasn't sure how it all fit together with the Firefly case. I needed a fresh set of eyes and a brain that would put mine to shame. Neil was a bright kid, scary smart. He graduated college at 18, top of his class. He could have gotten a job with the defense department if, if he wanted to, but he was content to run one of the computer labs at SMU. Well, it was a crap job, but it kept him in a room and board and PlayStation games. <laughs> I used, I used him for research work every now and then. He owed me a couple of favors. I still don't get what it is I'm supposed to be looking for. Didn't the cops already look? Just humor me, all right? Okay, here we go. There. That's the information on all the buildings that were destroyed or damaged during the arson. I only want to see the ones that were actually the sources of the fires. Uh, take out the ones that were damaged when the fires spread. And we can do that. Weeding out, peripheral damage, like so. There we go. That leaves eight buildings. All of these were epicenters for the fires, assuming the cops did their homework right. And as you can see, they were owned by a wide variety of companies. No one common element. Well, wait, 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 wait. What about this one? The first three were all owned by the same firm, WGI Incorporated. That's Philip Wages' company, isn't it? Uh, yep. That guy owns half the Metroplex, and what he doesn't own, he owns somebody who owns somebody who owns it. Have any of the buildings been sold? Have they changed hands recently? 
Uh, let's see. Nope. Nope. No. Wait. This is interesting. What is it? Uh, check this out. All the buildings that weren't owned by Wage beforehand, they've all been sold in the last few weeks. After the fires. And check out who the buyer is. Philip Wage. He must have been getting good deals. Planning to bulldoze them and use the land, maybe. Caveat emptor. Ah, that's good work, kid. Can we print this out? Well, technically, it's illegal for me to be even looking at this Just stuff. Just do it, kid. All right, all right. But I wash my hands of the whole thing. The day was nearly gone. I felt like I'd only been awake a few hours. I waited till dark and called Joni back. Over here. Where have you been? Blaylock's been at my desk every five minutes screaming about you. What did you... Hey, wait a minute. This is a crime scene. Isn't this where the homicide went down this morning? I thought we'd have a, a good look around, just in case Blaylock overlooked something. Did you find anything out about the name I gave you? What? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I talked to, well, several people, actually. I got the feeling they didn't want to talk to me at all, but I finally managed to get them to admit that they used to have a patient by the name of Cameron Ives, but he's no longer under their care, and they weren't authorized to release any other information, blah, blah, blah. Ah, no surprise there. It's something, at least. Here, set the caution tape aside. We'll need to put it back in before, put it back up before we leave. Wait, wait, will you wait? You can't just go skulking around a crime scene. Unless I'm escorted by the police. Uh Uh-uh. Forget it. You've got a lot of nerve, Danes. I barely hear from you for months, and then all of a sudden you've got me checking up on people without even asking how I'm doing. You're one of the best cops I've ever worked with, and instead of doing your job, you're slumming around town, pissing off the few people who still consider you a friend, because you're stuck in some sort of grief-fueled spiral or something, and you need to wake up and realize that bad things happen, and you just can't toss your life down the toilet because your fiancé died. Well, I'm tired of it. If you want help, I'll help you, but not until you decide whether I'm a friend or a resource. You owe me that much, at least. I, uh, I kind of hope you could be both. I'm going home. No, no, wait, I'm I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. Come come inside, I'll fill you in, I promise. Come on, that ran of yours is sure to wake the neighbors. And that's the last thing we need is a Brinks warrior breathing down our necks. Just don't make me regret this. Here. Flashlight? What are we, cat burglars now? <laughs> nah, just just draws less attention. And here, this file is as good a place as any to start. So go on, read it. Somebody thought that stuff was worth killing for. She read the file, and I told her what I knew. She took it all surprisingly well. Dane, you really know how to ruin a gal's evening. So I've been told. But this isn't enough. I mean, what have we got? A, a kid who sets fires and his dad was the firefly? Great, but that doesn't prove anything. And even assuming we can find this letter that Brand supposedly wrote, that doesn't tell us who who he was working for. It's got to be Wage. No, it doesn't. Until we can prove a connection, it doesn't have to be anything. I mean, Wage bought some buildings, so what? He's more than proven he's a shrewd type. Could be it's just business. Come on, Joni, that's, that's too many coincidences for my liking. You don't believe that. It doesn't matter what I believe. We go back to the station, try and find this letter, see if Blaylock checked it into evidence. Oh, don't hold your breath. So what? You think Blaylock's in on whatever this is? Well, Porter could be lying about giving the letter to Blaylock. But why? If he didn't want me to know, he could could have just not told me about it. 
That leaves Blaylock. And if he's concealing evidence... We don't know that. We haven't even checked on it yet. Fair enough. But in the meantime, you should keep your eye on Blaylock. Both eyes. Right. Mm -hmm. Now help me check out the air vents here. Why the air vents? Uh, Because hopefully Dr. Sims didn't have much of imagination. What am I looking for? Anything. That's not supposed to be in an air vent. More pages from that file, maybe? Uh, You take the bedroom. I'll check in here and in the kitchen. All right. Uh, Let's see. Nothing here. Nothing in this one either. Come on, Doc. If you start coming up with new hiding spots, I may never find what I'm... Nothing. Joni, I'm going to check the basement. Be careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the bulb's out. Great. Good thing I brought my flashlights. The guy called me at the bottom of the stairs. I didn't see him coming. He introduced his elbow to my kidneys. And the next thing I knew, I was taste-testing the basement floor. It was pitch black except for the flashlight beam. Light danced around the room like some sort of low-tech disco. I started rolling, which was a good thing because an eight-inch knife skipped off the ground where my head had been. I kept rolling, hit the wall. I grabbed at something, a bookshelf. It toppled, but I managed to get to my feet. I remembered the pocket knife. It wasn't much, but I'd have to, it'd have to do. I fished it out and I popped it open. I had the advantage of the dark now. The flashlight was still rolling around, flickering. The, blink, the beam caught his feet. Mud cake work boots. I didn't wait. I lunged. James! James, are you okay? What's going on down there? Oh. What happened? A man. I, I think he busted a rib. He went out the window. You have any evidence, Bags? Yes, here. What happened? Somebody big happened. I cut him. Here. We need to get my pocket knife checked. The blood on it, well, some of it's mine, but the rest of it belongs to the guy that just tried to fillet me. Are you okay? I punched me in the throat. Does my voice sound funny? I think my voice sounds funny. You sound fine. I've got to call this in. He can't get far on foot, so maybe one of the black and whites will pick him up. Didn't get much of a look at him. Who do you think he was? I'd have guessed the guy that killed Dr. Sims. He was fast. I got lucky and drew blood, but I, I think he just didn't want me to follow him. If he wanted me dead, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. Jeez. Oh, I almost forgot. I found this in the bathroom vent, just like you said. I pulled it out right before the ruckus. It's a tape, and look at the label. John Brand. Well, color us lucky. Here, I've got a recorder in my coat pocket. Let's... No, no, no. I'll hang on to it. Right now, we need to get you to the hospital. Nah, I'm fine. This isn't a democracy. It's a benevolent, benevolent dict- dictatorship. Yeah. How well I remember. All right, fine. But at least let me come to the station with you. Dr. Death can check me out. Make sure I'm seaworthy. Deal. Come on, I'll help you up. That should do it. Uh, It's awfully tight, Doc. I can barely breathe. It's supposed to be tight. The rib fracture's small, but you still want to make sure it heals properly. Uh, Great. Uh, Thanks for the help, Doc. You make a good pit crew. Well, my patients don't usually argue quite as much as you do, but you're welcome. Just trying to keep things interesting. Say, uh... Did you get a chance to compare those two blood samples? Yes. Actually, it didn't take long at all. And? 
No match, I'm afraid. The blood on your pocket knife is A-B negative. The blood on the knife from the Sims crime scene is O positive. Nuts. Oh, well, it was a long shot. Hey, guys. How you feeling, Danes? Like I'm wearing a girdle? It's very flattering. (laughs) Hey, Doc, do you mind? Danes and I have some things to discuss. Certainly. If you'll excuse me. What's up? Uh, You look like my cat when he's hidden something dead in the house. (laughs) You could say that. While you've been busy getting fitted for your girdle, I've been listening to that tape. Can you dance to it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Apparently, Dr. Sims had been talking to all kinds of... What the... Blaylock, we're in the middle of something here. Not anymore, you ain't. Danes, you're coming with me. Blaylock, what are you going on about? Shut up, Romanek. Aaron Danes, you're under arrest for the murder of Dr. Lenora Sims. You're listening to the Texas Radio Theater, and that was part one of Too Close to the Flame, produced and recorded by the Texas Radio Theater Company in November 2002. It was written by David Wharton and featured the voice talents of Starla Anderson, Alan Carroll, Adam Dietrich, Elliot Gilbert, Jim Innocent, Gary Layton, Ken Rainey, Bill Shelton, and Lee Tomlinson. Sound effects were created by Libby Milliron and Ken Rainey. The Texas Radio Theater Company performs and records live audio plays in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Be sure to check texasradiotheater.com for more information. That's all the time we have. In our next show, we'll hear the conclusion of Too Close to the Flame. I'm Rich Froelich, and on behalf of our cast and crew, thanks for tuning in.